Hello, I'm Jess. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to How Bad Can It Get? Where we watch the most critically condemned movies so you don't have to. In the year 3000, planet Earth is under the control of an alien race called the Cyclos. Cyclos, yeah. Yeah, Cyclos. The humans have devolved to a primitive caveman after the population is decimated by the invaders in only nine minutes. It takes me longer to get out of bed in the morning than it took these aliens to kill everybody. Absolute same. It takes me about 45 minutes from the minute my alarm goes off to actually move. (laughs) Yeah, I was impressed with this timing. I was like, oh, they must have been, you know, they had a schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Styling leather suits and platform boots. These aliens are here to strip mine the planet of all its resources and are using the human slaves, as slaves, sorry, to do it. Fed up with his life and limited drug supply, Johnny Goodboy Taylor takes a gap year away from home to explore what the world has to offer. Gap year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on my gap year. (laughs) (laughs) after only a night away from home johnny gets captured by the cyclo kills a cyclo becomes the leader of the man animals tries to escape with a group of slaves gets captured escapes again and gets captured again big day impressed by his gumption the head of security terrell concocts a plan to educate johnny and a few others on how to mine gold for his own personal gain Johnny uses this as an opportunity to become a mathematician, a pilot and bilingual. With his newfound intelligence, Johnny wastes no time and devises a grand plan to destroy the Cyclo planet. Am I saying that name right or have I started changing it? Ben, keep me, keep me, keep me in check. (laughs) No, Cyclo, you're right. Yeah, 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 Cyclo. No, you're all good. You're all good. I mean, I could also be saying it wrong, but cyclo is what I think they're called. That's what we're going to go with. Even if it's wrong, it's called a cyclo. We're wrong about most things, Jess, so this is fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's just another one for the list. (laughs) Johnny, the slaves and a group of nomads fly fighter planes over the cyclo compound that protects them from Earth's atmosphere and blows it up while simultaneously, yes, that word is difficult, transporting one of the slaves to the cycloplanet, exploding their home world. The humans are now free to rebuild society. Like most films we have talked about, Battlefield Earth flopped. It rated 2.5 on IMDb, uh, most likely because it was based on a book of the same name, which was written by the founder of Scientology, or it was just because it was a trash script. There are plenty of reasons why this did not do well. It cost an estimated $73 million to make and grossed $29 million and a load of other numbers worldwide. But basically, it didn't do as well as it cost. So, Ben, why do you think this film, Battlefield Earth, did so terribly? Tell us. <sighs> tell everybody. Start us. <laughs> The, uh, Funny enough, I think that's actually the language they speak in the film. I think that probably is actually <laughs> when they're not speaking English and they don't differentiate between when they're speaking yeah. their own language. But anyway, that's <laughs> yes. getting ahead of myself. Thank, yeah, it's a oh. note that I made. I was like, 
Are they speaking English? No, they're not speaking English. Oh, they can't understand each other. Oh, but they haven't made that clear because they speak their own language, which is like some sort of Klingon language slash, uh, I think maybe just audio reversed. And then they have man animals or the, yeah, the, the human animals that they call them. Is it man animals? Yes, man, man animals. animals. Yeah. Man animals. It's the man animals. Right. This film, I, I started watching it uh, at home, intending to sit down and watch it start to finish. And I got a little bit into it and got to the stage that I'd, I had to just turn it off and go, I'll come back to this later because I'm not in the frame of mind. Then I tried watching it again a couple of days later. Same thing happened. I ended up watching it on my commute to and from work because I was like, I've nothing better to do on my commute. So I'll just watch yeah, but it then. Did that not make, did that not like stress you out that you had to watch this film going to work nah, and coming from work? Nah. So the time to kind of get yourself ready for the day, you decided I'll watch Battlefield Earth right now. This well, is the time. It's better than what I'd usually do on my commute to work, which is sit and listen to Ariana Grande on repeat. Uh, You're obsessed. I'm absolutely obsessed. obsessed. I don't know what's happened to me. I've become a stereotype. It's ridiculous. But yeah, like this film is just really, really bad. Like, uh, uh, really, really, really bad. The main character, Johnny, uh, lives in a cave with his, what would you call them? Like a community? Lives in a cave with his community of... A tribe. A tribe. Maybe. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. He lives with a tribe and he's got the woman who we later learn is his girlfriend, but they never really make that clear. At first, it's just a woman that he gets on with. And I was like, maybe it's his sister. Maybe it's his friend. And I, then it- I did think... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I did think she kind of made it clear in the beginning that because I think people were trying to por- turn her off him. She's calling him a greener, which apparently means sees something greener on the other side. You know, that grass is always greener type thing. And I thought she was like, no, like I, I kind yes. of choose him and I, I know what yeah. my mind is or something like some bull crap like that. Yeah, I suppose that wasn't really a, that wasn't really one of the worst parts of this film. But he's talking He's in the cave and he's talking to the leader of the tribe and the leader of the tribe is basically saying all those stars in the sky, they're the gods that left Earth. And when the gods left Earth, that's when the demons came here and took over Earth from the humans, Um, which is absolute rubbish, obviously. And the main character knows this is rubbish. And he turns to the tribe and he breaks into interpretive <laughs> dance for a while, which is pretty cool. He says to everyone, has anyone ever seen one? And then does a pirouette and then says, <laughs> a demon, step ball change, <laughs> a monster, play a beast. And then he drops to the splits. Like, it's beautifully done. It's so theatrical, so dramatic. So theatrical. I was I was so into it, uh, but everything goes downhill for that point. It's because he's telling a fireside story. He has to tell it good. He has to give a little bit of a scare for the kids. Absolutely. Every time I tell a fireside story, I am 
dropping into the splits and, you know, stretching <laughs> out and spinning around. Not that I tell that many fireside stories because I don't have but a when fire. You do. But when I do, I go in. After that, he, he decides to go and journey away from their home. And he journeys a few miles away and finds an area that he's never seen before in his entire life. And I'm thinking, what, no one in your tribe has ever just travelled a few hours away? That's weird. We first meet him and he's come back off on his horse um, because somebody is sick uh, and he doesn't get there in time uh, and doesn't find enough medicine that he had needed to find whatever the medicine is. It's not explained. And he gets there and they're like, it's too late, he's gone. And he's all like, no! Like, <laughs> so first dramatic moment, second dramatic moment, fireside storytelling. Um, and then, yes. So where did he go on this horse then if uh, he didn't go far and he doesn't even know what's out there? It, yeah, it makes no sense. It's nonsense. And, and that part, we're treated to our first transition when he has that screaming fit where he's like, no! And then we, you get the wipe transition. You know, like Star Wars style, where it's like the curtains opening and it transitions to the next scene. They loved doing those in this film. And it was terrible. It was really bad. Like, it works in Star Wars. And it feels like this film is trying to be Star Wars, but failing fantastically. Yeah, it's the same it was, feeling that I got when I watched it. Yeah, uh, and I... It steals, not steals, well, yeah, it steals from loads of different films, but so brazenly that you can't deny it. So you've got Star Wars, um, you've got The Matrix with all the slow-mo stuff. Uh, and I think, I think this came out around the same time as Matrix, am I right? This was 2000. I think Matrix was about 98. Maybe something. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine for Matrix. Ninety nine, but it was like with it was without the Matrix quality. I mean, without the quality of many things. This was a passion project of John Travolta's. John Travolta is the main bad guy in this in this movie, and John Travolta, as many people know, is a Scientologist, and this movie was written by Elrond Hubbard, who. Founded Scientology. You really feel like John Travolta wanted this to be a series of movies, or at the very least, a hugely successful movie, which if you're making a movie, you want it to be hugely successful, but he had so much in this and he was so passionate about it. And you can tell, you can tell by the way he acts and the way everyone acts in this movie, I felt so bad for every member of the cast because they put their heart and soul into their performances to the point that they fell off a hill. It was like, right, I'm going to act my ass off. And they really did that. They acted their asses out and they look ridiculous, sound ridiculous. How many times do they have to laugh? Like, oh God, yeah, that kind of evil laugh where they're talking about the the man 
uh, what do they call them? Man animals. And they're like, a man animal operating a machine. <laughs> they love to laugh. I love to laugh. <laughs> It was brilliant. There's a lot of that and there's a lot of slow motion repeating the words as well and then having this echo on top of it. You're going to be here for 50 more cycles. <laughs> 50 cycles. <laughs> 50, 50, 50. Terrell is the security manager of Earth. Um, and he's there and doesn't want to be there. He wants to go home. John Travolta with his Terrible English accent like he's in a Jane Austen movie, Travolta. Yeah, I don't know why he put on an English accent for this, but he he did. He tried. I mean, he tried. It was like American with every now and again a little. Yes, yes. Oh, this is hilarious. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Mr. John Travolta, (laughs) Terrell, is the security, like I said, security leader or whatever, or management. Basically, another one of the psych clothes comes in and he's he's a big boss and he comes in to check everything over to ask just to check and make sure everything's getting on all right so he's super excited he thinks oh I'm almost finished I can leave I'm like happy to leave and he and then uh this guy comes in and basically bursts his bubble and tells him oh oh no you're staying for another five cycles or maybe 50 cycles it may never stop. And then he just starts repeating the word 50 cycles, 50 cycles. And then manic laughing again because they love it. <laughs> oh, my cat just woke up. She's freaking out. <laughs> She's like, what's that? And then to top it off, they did these really, really creepy close-ups where their eyes were just yeah. being really creepy. And they were all like, yeah. staring into their eyes. <laughs> It is, and it's always at a tilted angle. It's like the camera, it's like they tried to put the camera on a tripod and one leg of the tripod just wouldn't extend, so the whole film's just a little bit lopsided. Just a little bit lopsided. The excuse they've given, basically, for why he's there in the first place is apparently he ha- I think they insinuated that he had sex with somebody's daughter that he shouldn't have had. So it's a punishment, basically. Oh, sorry, you're falling over Kitty cat falling over. He slept with his daughter, the cheeky minx. And he was like, no, you're going to stay here even longer. You're not coming home. (laughs) He's not happy about that. So, and he decides, no, no, ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting off this rock. I'm getting, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to go and find that daughter of his. And we're just going to go run off into the sunset. So he starts a plot that he's going to get all this gold that they haven't figured out that is on Earth yet. Their species can't get near because uh, uranium is there and it's really, really dangerous for the aliens. It's dangerous for people as well, but apparently it's more dangerous for them. And he decides that he's going to teach human slaves that they have mining so that way they can dig it up, make some money off and get off the planet, basically. And there, that's one of the funny things about it because um, when he puts it across to the planet ship which is the actual manager of Earth or um, of the mining operation. He's like the area manager. Yeah. If we're talking universe terms, <laughs> he's the area manager. He thinks it's ridiculous that you would have a man animal 
A man animal. <laughs> a man animal. <laughs> um, mining because they think they're just pr- like <laughs> primitive people, even though they should know from back in the day when they first came on the planet that they weren't primitive, but now they are apparently. So um, he doesn't believe that they can do it, but basically Terrell blackmails him so that he can so that he can go and dig up the gold and he can't he can't tell anybody. Terrell now wants to find himself some uh, some humans to do that with and in comes Johnny. Well Johnny has been kidnapped at this point. Yeah. And before Yeah, Johnny Johnny has been kidnapped probably twice, at least twice. He's now. been kidnapped a few times. <laughs> uh, they spend a great yeah. deal of this two hour long film on scenes of Johnny being kidnapped and then running away and then being kidnapped again. And then running away. His first kidnapping is absolutely hilarious. When he, like, there's a bit where he gets shot by laser beams, right? So that's their weapon is like a laser beam that apparently doesn't kill people, but kills their own. So they show that there's a wee lever on their gun so they can set it to stun. Oh, there's two different ones, right? So there's like killing and non-killing. Yeah. Like in Star Trek. So they've got the killing one. And then there's a scene where one of the aliens is about to kill Kim Coates' character. I forget what his name is. Um, His name is Carlo. And he's about to kill him. And then they're like, no, we can't make use of of the man animals if they're dead. And then he pulls the lever and sets it to stun. So that's... That's our wee explanation into how these lasers function, which, of course, we we required. Thanks for that exposition, guys. But just before uh, Johnny is caught for the first time, he's travelled away from his colony, from his uh, tribe, on his horse, and he arrives at this abandoned crazy golf course. I think that's what it was. It looked like either that or a really crap theme park. And he fights uh, this immense dragon that somehow he didn't see. He's riding along on his horse and then he gets off and there's this huge dragon and he's fighting it with a the sword and he's like, Rah! and it's really intense. It wasn't a sword. It was a golf club. So I think that's, I think it was mini golf. It was a golf club. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So he has this big epic battle with this. I'm only kidding. It's not an epic battle. It's a plastic <laughs> fucking dragon that he somehow didn't even notice. It was a more epic battle than some of the battles that were in the film. 100%. Probably the highlight battle from the movie. <laughs> uh, and as he's fighting it, these other two humans appear, or man animals appear. And Kim Coates who plays uh, Carlo, as we said. I really like him. I really, really like Kim Coates. I think he's a great actor, Uh, but not in this film at all. They arrive and they square up to Johnny and they're like, whoa, what are you doing here? And we're on the hunt and we're looking for things and stop hitting that demon. I'm going to eat your horse. I'm going to eat your horse. (laughs) I'm going to eat your horse. And then... As they're shouting at each other, Kim Coates just starts going, hur, 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 like making these really weird noises for no reason. And it never happens again. It's just in this scene, he starts going, really strange. And then they find a 
They take refuge in a derelict shopping mall because apparently the aliens only travel at night, which again is something that's mentioned at the start of the film but never really comes up again. They seem to travel whenever they want. But anyway, I didn't write it. They go into this mall and, Jess, I'm going to let you into what is probably my biggest pet peeve of all time. And it's when people eat loudly. <laughs> how, how are we friends, Ben? I, uh, I, I can be a loud eater. I, I notice it and I stop myself, but I am a, I'm a loud eater. You're not a loud eater. I must have been, I must have been putting on my polite um, around people eating, but I think Jenny's heard it at least once where I've been like, nom, 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 and then I look at her and I go, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've eaten around you loads. You're not allowed to. I think it's only when I forget that I'm in public or um, I'm around other people, like I'm at a dinner table type scenario. I'm not even going to do an impersonation. But for instance, in this scene, Jess, I will, I will <laughs> throw this computer at you. I know you're not in the room with me, but I will throw it far enough to hit you at the other side of Scotland. <laughs> I'm gonna no, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> but this scene, they're talking over the fire while eating, and the entire time, all you can hear is them munching away. So these two men that he met, Kim Coates and Kim Coates's friend, they're in the shopping mall eating the rabbit that they've just cooked. I think it's a rabbit. It's something like a rabbit, at least the same size. Something they found. It's something that he'd found, and yeah, uh, from uh, that's where I stopped watching the first time because I was like, firstly, I don't want to hear people eating. I'm going to turn this film off if I hear another person eat. And then I got the feeling that the horse was going to die, and I hate when animals die. I hate yeah. that. The horse reminded me of the horse from um, Never Ending Story. Oh, Artax. Because they looked, they looked really similar. Yeah. And I thought, don't you kill that horse? And he gets shot, and I'm like, no. But, but the he horse gets away. Yeah, the horse survives, which I was very happy with. And that's where they were captured in this shopping mall, quite spectacularly wonderful, where uh, Johnny is shot with. A laser beam. So Kim Coates is shot initially and he's just stunned. The other guy is shot and killed. And then Johnny is running away and you think he's about to get free. You think his horse is dead and he gets shot, but he runs into this window, this really dirty, streaky window that earlier on in the film he walked into. And then acted like, oh my God, what is this magic? And it's like, nah, you clearly saw there was something there, mate. You're daft. But he's shot into this window. And the way that they edited it, it was slow motion, but it was kind of that repetitious frame where you see him falling into the window many, many, many times. To the point that it's just hilarious because it looks like he's really slowly falling through about 12 different windows. Yeah. It's like, he looks like he's just gone through. I was like, how, how, many, how many windows are in this shopping centre? Like, he's gone, 
going for ages. It's like, why would anyone design a shopping yeah, centre like really that? really bad. This is definitely not a safe option. All of these windows are so close to each other. <laughs> what, what was the point of this? And he looks so clumsy as well. It's like he's fallen into one and then he's going, oh, oh, sorry, oh, oh, God, oh, yeah, oh. Slept on a banana skin. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, and that's how he's caught by the aliens. Yeah, for for clumsiness. Oh, and then it's just all shite. <laughs> it really is, all of it. It's, it's bad. Yeah, the plot is... Yeah, the plot is pretty, it's just badly written and it's so far-fetched. So the idea is that the, so the, so the whole premise is these aliens haven't just landed like a few months ago or a few years ago. They're supposed to have taken over the planet a thousand years ago, mm-hmm. which is why the population of Earth, uh, population of humans are, are, near, are near extinction. Which you learn at the start of the film. By just a really quick, it's just one line that says, "Humankind are near extinction." And done exposition. There we go. We did our we did our job. We did our job. So you need skill. Yeah, they get it. I think that's enough, guys. They're smart people. The people have basically reverted back to kind of cave men, I guess, cavemen and women, and don't really understand technology anymore. They don't. They think it's, they didn't. At this, at this point, they don't even know it existed. They're hunter-gatherers now. Yeah. And when they see statues, this is one part that I kind of liked and I thought that the lore was quite cool And that when they see statues, like huge statues, they're like, those are the gods. And yeah, they're the gods. These yeah. are the people that have been frozen when the demons took over. I was like, oh, that I like how you're building the lore here. I'm bored senseless watching it. But I get what you're going with and probably the book is maybe a bit more interesting. But anyway. No, stop yourself there. I'm just going to stop talking. Stop yourself there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's probably any better. No. So they, so the tribe that Johnny comes from, they don't, didn't know that the aliens, uh, they just think they're demons. So they didn't, they're not aware of the the technology they have either because apparently they've never bumped into them. And I guess whoever bumps into them gets taken away. So then that's what they think is the folklore. You get, if you say demons catch you, you're gone, you're dead. And they use them as slaves. That's a big question I've got. So the aliens capture the man animals, the humans, and they take them to the big dome that the aliens function from. And what do they do with them? I, I never got that. I think um, the cyclos, they mine, they pay their people to mine because they think humans are too dumb to do it. And then when the mining happens, all of that is brought into the compound where production, I guess, is happening. I think they just clean it up uh, and get rid of the rubble, all that sort of stuff, the things that they don't need. Right. So I think they, they do that part of it. Okay, so they're the cleaners. As far, as far as what I've seen from the film, that's what they insinuated. They just kind of do the bits and bobs and they use them for like the dirty work. I'd say that they're probably like, they probably clean up after them. They probably use them as like slaves to do general bidding type thing. Get me my coffee. Sure. Wipe my ass type thing. But what doesn't make sense to me, not that much makes sense here. So... All of the aliens 
they think that humans are too stupid to be mine miners or to do this or to do that. Everyone laughs at the idea of the man animals being trained to mine or use machinery. And when John Travolta brings that up to the council of the area manager and all of his delegates, uh, they're all like, oh, a man animal being a miner. <laughs> but I'm like, wait a minute though. John Travolta also says later on in the film that when the aliens arrived on Earth, armies of humans fought back and were killed and destroyed within six minutes. So surely that means that they saw humans operating machinery, guns, planes, all sorts of weapons. They have been on Earth for a thousand years. They've seen the relics of the machinery and technology that the humans used. So why don't they think, oh, you know what? See these humans that we're using as cleaners, maybe we could use them to do what to do the mining or to at least do something that's going to cut back on our costs because that's a big kind of overarc in this film is the fact that the aliens are led to believe that they're losing money it's kind of a side storyline that doesn't really make sense where it turns out the area manager has been lying and saying that they're all losing money, so everyone has to have their wages cut. It just gives it. It just gives Terrell uh, leverage and um, very backstabby, very backstabby society. Considering they got rid of them in nine minutes, they probably still assume they're pretty stupid. So that might be why, or that might be their little loophole. And I don't think that's a good enough reason. Nah, I, I honestly, honestly, I don't even think they thought about it. I honestly don't think it was, I don't think continuity was a big factor in the writing of this movie. And again, I don't know what the book's like. I don't know if maybe there is a reason, but from the sounds of things and from the way the movie plays out, it just feels like no one really thought about it. You look at some of the scenes that have been shot and you're like, someone actually filmed that and it went through the entire editing process and the vetting process before it actually made it to film. And they went, yes, this is what I wanted. No, you didn't. No one wanted this. None of us wanted this. Right. Okay. So if we're going to, if we're going to deep dive, I mean, as in how ridiculous this film, let's, let's deep dive. Let's get psychological. I'm going to go back to the whole thing of them being the superior race and the primitive humans who are hunter-gatherers, they would not be go. they would not culturally and socially, they would not be acting how they are in this film. They're all too nice to each other. You would not meet somebody from a different tribe and just get on and like a house on fire with them the moment you meet them and then become bestie friends. I know obviously there was that little moment of who are you? We're hunter gatherers. We're like hunting for food, but there was no actual fight between them. And then all of a sudden they were friends. Even now today in tribes, in a society where food is very scarce, they would not 
take kindly to somebody else. They, it would be instant attack. It would not be, it's very like survival. Everything is survival mode. So nobody is friendly. Everybody's out for themselves. Then we have aliens that have come that are supposed to be highly intelligent, are able to fly spacecrafts through space in or, and probably from high di- far distances in order to, to get to the planet, kill most of humans in nine minutes. And then they're the biggest idiots I've ever met like in my life. All of them, like they, yeah. they, they've made them such silly, silly characters. Slapstick, stupid. Yeah, like plodding around, being all like drunk in bars, drinking radioactive slushies, getting their nails done by balding women who apparently the only thing that women do in this film is they're either hookers or nail technicians. And then you've got like his sidekick who is... Uh, Forrest Whitaker I love him yeah. um, who I actually like as an actor so it was kind of sad to see him in this film you have him who's meant to be this kind of dopey man who has five wives and is kind of in it for himself as well so it's like they're all very backstabby characters and it doesn't they're not smart it doesn't make sense and they seem to be just conquerors like I said they just go from planet to planet stealing like resources which is kind of like Independence Day and any other alien film that you've ever seen ever uh like war of the worlds but i don't i don't mind that like see if that's your storyline and that's what the aliens are doing in fact you know what the whole plot that will not the whole idea of this film it's very generic though there's nothing there's nothing new about it there's nothing new about it but there's nothing offensive about it there's nothing offensive about it like the the story the lore all of that the story was fine? Really? Well, no. The story wasn't fine. I, I guess more the lore, more the background yeah. and the idea of, right, these aliens have taken over. Like you say, it's, it's done to death. But there's ways that you can go about it. There's ways that you can make it unique. But this ended up feeling like a really bad Star Trek episode. But we're both Trekkies. Like, we both like Star Trek. Watching this, I was like, it feels like a really long, bad episode of Star Trek. Even early next gen. Maybe Deep Space Nine-ish. No, don't. Deep Space Nine is the best. Deep Space Nine is amazing. <laughs> I know, I knew you would take that. But it's just, it's shocking how bad this film is because obviously I knew of this film. I knew to expect how bad this film was. I was genuinely embarrassed watching it, sitting cringing. There is nothing to enjoy here. There is nothing to enjoy. You don't laugh at the film. Well, there's a, there's a couple of points where you do. You laugh at uh, how ridiculous it is, but not on the yeah. terrible jokes they make, like the dog joke. Oh, dogs uh, yeah. being dogs. There's a picture of a dog in a car with somebody. They've taken like aerial surveillance and he's like, oh, what is what is this creature? What is this animal? And they're all like, oh, uh, we they weren't useful because they didn't like work as well as human slaves. Was it, but clearly they're the superior race because they have, they're being chauffeured around. 
Like even the language makes no sense yeah. because they're using a lot of language, a lot of slang that would be used. A lot of slang. A lot of slang. And yeah, I'm like, they're yeah. supposed to be aliens. And I understand that they're here a long time. Maybe they picked up a few words. But then again, where are they picking up the words? Because they didn't understand the language. Yeah, they are speaking their alien language. Yeah, exactly. They don't understand the language. This is where the confusion, as we were saying earlier, like the... So everyone in the movie speaks English, but they're not speaking English. The aliens, at least. They're never speaking English. They're always speaking their alien language and they don't understand the humans who speak English. So you've got this weird kind of battle of storylines where you're going, wait, do they understand what they're saying or do they not understand? And then the the water gets even muddier when one of the humans is given the intelligence to understand what the aliens are saying. And then you just don't have any clue as to who understands what. Everyone's speaking English, apart from every now and again you get a stylistic example of what the alien language sounds like. (laughs) But you get those noises whilst the mouths of the actors are speaking obviously English words. So... Even the noises coming out of their mouth don't match up with... It, it's it's ridiculous and it's so confusing. And as this film draws to an end, I don't know if it's because I just shut off completely. I had no idea what was going on. I had absolutely no clue what was happening at all. As I said, Johnny is now the hero of, of the of the film and he's banded all the nomads and the slaves together to go against him. And uh, Terrell, Terrell has given him the knowledge he needs so he can understand their language. And now he can understand how their weapons work and how, they're, how to fly their planes and everything. So he uses his knowledge to teach the other slaves a little bit about how to understand it because he's a, a mathematician now. It's absolutely, there's a whole bit where he like starts doing maths on the ground and he's like, it's really simple once you understand it. And I'm like, you're talking to cave people. You're trying to do mathematics with cave people. What are you on about? And somehow he teaches them it in what, the space of a week? Yeah, a week. They come up with this big plan because they know where Fort, Fort Knox is. Um, they go and they, they split up as a team. Some people go to Fort Knox to get gold. The other team stayed digging up the gold so he Tyrell wouldn't know about it, which is all absolutely ridiculous. And um, basically what happens is, is when they get back or whatever, they comment, they find like fighter planes and apparently nomads who were like literally like speaking like monkeys and like looked like they literally have been back in caveman times, apparently know how to use a fighter plane, like a jet, a fighter jet that people now study for years being able to fly. Apparently they can get in it in a few a few hours and go and fly the planes and then start shooting down the compound. Are you serious? How do you get away with this bullshit? 
And use guns without any training. Have perfect aim with guns without any training. Yeah. Know how to deal with recoil from guns without any training. Yeah, it was bad. And like other films that we've seen, there's some saving graces to usually to these and there was none here. Not even the music. Music is meant to like uplift a film. It's meant to like get you going. and Emotionally, yeah. It makes you kind of gets you set up for a scene as well. And most of it was dun 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 and that was it. There was no time. Like it's supposed to bring tension. There's nothing. I brought nothing to the table. You've got terrible music. You've got really badly. No, the like none of the characters were thought out. The jokes were terrible. The plot was terrible. Yes, okay, the folklore was kind of interesting and maybe that's where they should have went with it. They actually should have made this more of a folklore type film. And I don't know, instead of using, uh, instead of like bringing the aliens in straight away, you kind of have this whole mystery to it and then you find out they're actually aliens. But not till later in the film and just get rid of all of the rest of the script. It's just bad. It's it's kind of comic book and that's how it should have been. It shouldn't even have been a novel. It should have been a comic book. Um, that's how it, that, that's the style I could yeah. see it as, but as a film, it's, it's just bad. Aliens came down from outer space. There was not much hope for the human race. Nine minutes later made themselves at home, chasing after gold like a dog with a bone. <laughs> Does the movie sound good? If it does, my mistake, don't be misunderstood. Unless you like to watch films with terrible acting and a story that shit with maniacal laughing. Ha 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 That's my evil laugh, and if you want to, you can write it as my epitaph. That's each for hypothesis and E for abacus and add another each for hippopotamus. Sorry, friend, I got distracted, but how can you blame me when there's no one getting blasted? John Travolta's wearing a wig, he's got his dreadlocks on, and I'm trying to figure out why did they make this movie? Why is everybody laughing at everything? Every second line is ha 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 ha. Blame Scientology and John Travolta. Oh! <laughs> All right, Ben. Yeah. If you had to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jess. What, what, what? If you had to join a religious group, what group would you rather join? Oh, just any. I just need to choose one. Yeah, you can choose one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force you to do one. I'm just gonna because it's there's a lot, and I'd be interested. Okay. Um. If you pick Scientology, no. this <laughs> no. would be. Interesting. Buddhism? I would be the same. I said yeah. bosom, b- bosoms. Bosoms. I said bosoms. <laughs> the bosom religion. <laughs> <laughs> why why Buddhism then? Tell me why Buddhism. I just think that the idea behind it is great. After living in Japan and kind of seeing how it affects the way of life there, I thought that was really quite beautiful. Um it created a community of general niceness i think that the idea of being your best self to then be reborn as 
what is it they say? Live a, you live your best life and you'll be reborn. As, I don't know what uh, the saying is, but I know the idea is that what you what you are reborn as, what you're reborn as is based on who you were beforehand. If you lived a life of like crime and stuff, you then you'll be reborn as like a... Dung beetle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just really like, I like the idea of, it's a religion that kind of reinforces being a good person. And that's where the focus is. It also seems like it's the one that's less likely to try and force you to join. Funny you say that. So whilst living in Japan, I was visited by a friend of Jess and I uh, called Jenny. Shout out Jenny, love you. So Jenny came out to stay with me for a few weeks and we decided to go and see all the tourist spots in Tokyo. And this woman came out and started speaking to me in Japanese and she was like, can you come in? Uh, We've got a museum inside. You'd really like the museum. It's really cool. And I was like, oh, Jenny, there's a museum in here. Will we go and see it? And she was like, okay. And we went in. Cut to us being forced to sit and watch this video about converting people to Buddhism in this really weird building that was just all white and clinical, but had a Shinto shrine inside it. Oh no, this is making Buddhism sound seedy, Ben. Well, Buddhism, for the most part, from what I understood from being out there, isn't, but there are different sects of it. There's different. Okay. So people watch out for that lady in Japan if you ever see her. If you're near Tokyo Tower and some woman comes out of a big white building and says there's a museum in here, don't believe her. There's no museum. You will end up sat in a chair for an hour and a half being told <laughs> to join Buddhism. And then Jenny and I, after an hour and a half, an hour and a half. This man came over and Jesus. he was speaking to us after watching the video and after doing those questions. Did he even give you like a cup of tea or anything while you were like there? Nothing, not even war. No, they gave us a, it was like, watch a video, do a questionnaire, talk to us a bit. And then this man came and sat down next to us. And me and Jenny were quite clearly uncomfortable. And I take full responsibility for this because I was the one that was like, Jenny, museum, come on. And uh, and just to be clear, that's the only time anything like that happened to me whilst I was there. It's okay. It's okay. But I don't think anybody listening to this is going to think Japan is like the capital for like people trying to bring you into a cult or anything. Or... <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And I had, I, I had to turn to the woman and say, oh, no, it was a man that was speaking to us. It was like, we were kind of sandwiched by people by the end of it who were all kind of like, oh, this is great. You should take it back to Scotland and tell everyone in Scotland about it. And then I was like, I'm really sorry. We're meeting a friend and we have to go immediately. They were like, oh, well, can we just give you this? And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) And then we ran for our lives. And there was a point where I started questioning whether we were going to get out of that building or not, because as we started descending the stairs, there was like this big, massive group of women at the bottom of the stairs who started talking to me. Uh, well, me and Jenny. Um, and they were like, oh, where do you live in Japan? Where do you work? And I told her that I worked at different kindergartens. And I told one of the women, the kindergarten that I worked in, she was like, my granddaughter goes there and I was like, 
does she fuck? And I got out of there. I was like, no chance. Shut it, you. I would be like, spy. She's going to use her granddaughter as a spy now. No, but there was no chance. I lived like two hours away from where this, from where we were. I was like, you're a liar. You're just trying to get me to stay here. You're trying to convert me. Stop it. Did they didn't even give you a hot chocolate? Like, did they not know? This is how they would never get me. Had they said, come stay here for an hour and a half and we're not going to give you any food or water, I'd be out there. Like, I'm like, no, you're not feeding me. But they never said that. They said there was a museum and I wanted a museum. I think you're too polite. I think that's a Japanese thing that's incorporated yeah. into your body, into your body, into your body, into your, into <laughs> your, your in, into who you are. Because if that had happened to me, I would have been like, this is not what you said it was. Goodbye. It was nice to meet you in English. And then I just leave. There's no snacks in here. Psh. <laughs> like, you want me to stay here and you didn't even feed me? Psh, puh. Out of here. Out of here. Get better at your kidnapping. It's just so awkward. It was so awkward. I will say, though, it's an experience I'll never forget. And you know that, like, Japan is my favourite country other than Scotland and the world. I love it there and I miss it every day. This one time when I was in Japan, did you not know? Did you know I lived in Japan? Did you know I know Japanese? Did you know? Did you know? I'm like, eh, the world knows, Ben. Oh, when I was uh, lived in Japan, that's like what they oh. do in Japan. This water <laughs> isn't the same as the water in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for Not My Cup of Tea. It's not my cup of tea. For this part of the podcast, I'll read three bad user reviews for critically acclaimed movies and Jess will get guess which film I'm talking about. Each week, Jess will get a point for every title she guesses correctly. She's currently got three and a half points. When she gets to five... I'm going to write a song about her. So she she got half point because she needed a little nudge along the way to get one of the answers. So. And I felt like I was cheating, so I refused to take the full point. So it was me. I was being a good egg. You were. You were. First review is by Mario Fan. Mario and he Fan. gave it one out of ten. He said, this movie generally sucked. It is the most overrated movie of all time next to Frozen, Toy Story and The Social Network. The script, acting, love story and characters are all complete garbage. What a ra- like Frozen, Toy Story and then a film that doesn't is not in that genre at all and it's a love story. That's all I've gotten from that. Okay, number two, please. Okay. Number two was by Jaws Pappy 87 and they gave it three out of ten. Oh, do I hate this movie. Why did it have to centre on a sappy love story? And why so formulaic? And why a terrible script? And why such an over-the-top and upfront heartbreak? And why best picture? So we've established still that it's a love story. It was a very tragic love story. And as, as per usual of this section, it's a good film. 
Right, go on. Number three. The third review is by Dravenator Lives. He gave it zero out of ten. James, 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 why did you have to be the one to direct this shit on the face of America? Blank is a romanticization of the blank tragedy. Yeah, so it's obviously an American film, romantic, and I, I, I'm thinking like war or something. There's some sort of war. Okay. Biggest clue is the start of that. James, James, James. Yeah, I know that's obviously the director. Can I have my clue, please? Okay. It was released in December 1997. So I did think war and I thought Pearl Harbor. And then I thought the Titanic. Is it one of them? Maybe. Oh, shit. Love story. Tragic event. American. Maybe. (laughs) Ben's face tells me nothing. (laughs) I'm trying to be as blank as possible. You have to choose one. Bugger, is it a Titanic? No. Ah. What's your choice? What's your choice? Choose one. You've said two. Titanic. Is that your choice? Maybe. It's Titanic. Yes! Yeah. No, Pearl Harbor was 2001 and I'm pretty sure it did not win any Oscars. Yeah, I wasn't, I couldn't remember. I, I drew, obviously I knew the Titanic did and what's it, what was the director's name? Again, James Cameron. It's James Cameron. I, you know, in my head, I was like James, James, James. I was like James Anderson, James Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> I knew who it was. I just did my usual. I don't actually know their names, probably. Um. Okay. Good. I got it right though. It's four and a Good. half. So four and a half points. You're half a point away from me writing a song oh, yeah. about you, Jess. Oh, yeah. And then once you've gone there, we're going to shake things up a bit. Not going to say how we're going to shake things up a bit. Might be because we don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You'll see. You'll all see. You'll see. You'll hear it. You'll listen. (laughs) It's ranking time, Ben. A film is nothing without the star approval. On how bad can it get? Can we get? (laughs) We don't use stars. Or percentages? Absolutely not. No. We're way too cool for that. We have three different categories. Category number one. Good for a laugh. Good for a laugh. Ha 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 ha. Category number two. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. And category number three. Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. Right. Jess. What do you think? <laughs> what category are you going to put this pile of shite into? Battlefield Earth. As much as... No, I was about to say on paper it would probably sound like it's a good idea. It really doesn't. If that's the story they've gone to with. Uh, gold mining aliens that have taken over the planet and humans now need to battle and destroy their their entire planet in order for us to survive. 
it's a bit far-fetched and it's so ridiculous. And I know sci-fi is meant to be a little bit far-fetched, but there's elements of realness to it and you can pull off of the stories and the characters and how how well-developed they are. And in this film, not one character is well-developed. None of them are. So there was nobody that you liked. Didn't have good music. This plot was terrible. Um, yeah, so I guess this is very obvious where I'm going with this. This film was no guilty pleasure. It was not good for a laugh. It was definitely, definitely worth killing with fire. Kill it with fire. Yeah. 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 Same. Kill it with fire. I thought it was pants and I felt embarrassed watching it for everyone involved. I thought it was cringy as hell and I wish I had those two hours back. In fact, more than two hours, Jess. More than two hours. Because I had to try and I tried watching it twice before I actually watched it again on my commute to and from work. So it was probably close to three hours of my life that I've spent watching this drivel and then another hour talking about it with you. Uh, kill it with fire, kill it, kill it with fire, and kill it with fire. Kill it with fire! It's strange because I, do, I did remember watching it a long time ago. A lot of the films that we've watched, I've watched quite a long time ago and have never watched them again. And now I'm realizing why that was because my younger mind was like, don't do this to yourself ever again. And my older mind thought, oh, but yeah, I have a podcast now. I need to talk about something. It actually surprised me because I looked at like the, I looked at the premiere for it to see, you know, it, did anybody actually go and watch the premiere? And there was quite a lot of celebrities that were pictured, like a lot of big celebrities, like Sylvester Stallone was there, Jennifer Love Hewitt. So they had, had a bit of backing from stars at least, but maybe it was just Travolta maybe he in his contacts and asked everybody to come and support i genuinely feel like the people who were making this film i don't know about after it was made but going into making the film i genuinely think they thought that they were making the next movie epic to rival star wars i haven't unlike uh, swept away and jaws of revenge i didn't look too deeply into um, the backstory of this film, obviously, I know Travolta head, headed it quite a bit. He really wanted to get this film done and it got torn down quite a lot before it got picked up. And I think one of the only reasons it got picked up is that because he forked out a lot of money for this out of his own pocket. Also, his star power would have uh, helped quite a lot. He'd just um, come off of doing Pulp Fiction, so his level, stardom level, was quite high at the time. He'd already done Face Off by this point, though. Like, Face Off was 97, so he'd already kind of started started on a downhill trajectory. Oh, yeah. I think we should add that to our list. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do a whole series of Tra- John Travolta films because there's a few that he's been in. Terrible. That are not great. So, yeah, that's the, that's the end of that film. And our recommendations is not to no. watch it. Not to watch it. It's not worth it. Um, people probably will, but 
recommendation is not to watch it. And in the words of almost every evil character in this movie... <laughs> that nice end to the podcast. You're welcome. Do you want to know what the next film is that we're going to deep dive into, Ben? Give me a clue. There's a big action star in it, but it's maybe past his sell-by date. Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's not past his sell-by date. He's definitely not. I don't know why I said that. He will never be past a sell-by date. He's wonderful. No, the man is like 70 and he's still ripped. He's incredible. And he's just nice. I love him. He seems nice. I hope he is. Okay, so not okay, I'll give you another clue. This will be a really obvious one. His catchphrase from a film is Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Motherfucker Bruce Willis. Yes. So Bruce Willis is in a new film on Netflix. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing a current film that is still on Netflix right now. Anti-life. I have seen the trailer for this and it does indeed look awful, but I know nothing about it. I didn't even know it was that badly rated. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're going to do. It's got, where is it? 2.9. 2.9. Oh, I think that's lower. That's lower than Spice Girls. And it's just a little bit higher than Battlefield Earth, shockingly. And I'll be honest, I don't really use IMDb to weigh up my thoughts on a movie. I've seen a lot of hate towards the new Mortal Kombat movie on IMDb. And that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I cannot wait. I love wait. it. I really, really like it. I cannot it. wait. It's supposed to be great. It's great. It's great. I mean, there's there's issues. And being a huge Mortal Kombat fan, I have issues. But it's a good start. We can maybe discuss it in a little part of one of our podcasts. But of course, it can't be the title of the episode because it's not terrible. Jess, it's been wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you've got any more recommendations of films for us to watch, please pop it on our socials. Send us a message. Let us know what bad films you want us to review. We'll get around to it because we love a bad film. Yes, we love them. As much as we complain about them, we still love to watch them. When we've finished mining out this planet, let's do the universe a favor and exterminate the lot of them. <laughs> oh, you're too much. So they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> bravo, bravo, bravo. Thank you. I am actually, <laughs> I'm actually crying with laughter. Well, don't forget also to like and subscribe to the podcast, to our socials, so you can get updates on when the next podcasts are coming out. But they come out every Monday. But just in case you forget. You can get a nice update when they're out and available for everybody to listen to. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>